everything goes black. Like I turned the computer back on and every project file was corrupted. And I'm sitting there like shitting my pants. It's like an hour and a half long at this point. And I was like, bro, like I had my friend Dante sitting to the right of me. I'm like looking at him like, bro, Kelsey's gonna kill me, dog. Like I think I just lost everything. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 505 Podcast. On today's episode, we welcome Sam Cahill. Sam is a photographer, filmmaker, and director who was recently nominated by iHeartRadio for Favorite Tour Photographer. In 2022, Machine Gun Kelly's Hulu documentary, Life in Pink, was released, which Sam not only shot and directed, but also edited. Everyone, please welcome the very talented Sam Cahill. Yeah, oh yeah. Welcome to the show, boy. Let's go. All right. Okay, Sam, so you know how we start off our show. A one-handed crack, off off the the table. table. That's all you got to know. All right, boy. Let me get it close to the mic real quick. Yep. Oh, I like that. Sam, <laughs> the one rule of the pod. We got to run that back. You got to go off the table. Sam, it's got to be off the table. Off the table. It okay. makes it a little harder. Yep. Wow. That was good. Dude. There it is. Wow. wow. There it is. Okay. With, Unfortunately, due to the NA on the first one, this was a great open. That was a great. Crack. You would have been in the eights, but we're gonna have to knock it down to a six-one just because of All the right. the replay. But like, welcome to the show. Honestly, Let's I kind of thought it was even more badass. He was like, "Oh, I fucked it up." Didn't need to, dude. I didn't need auto tune. I'm like T Pain. That was fire, um, dude. How have you been? What have you been up to? Good. Um, we just got off a world tour, so we've been wow. everywhere, mm-hmm. like everywhere in the U.S., and then hopped over to Europe for a while. Um, and then I just been editing a new documentary the Dude, last couple so months. Crazy. Where in Europe did you guys hit? Um, we started in Cologne, Germany. Oh, if you can move the mic just a little closer Dude. to you. Yeah, That's yeah. where my girlfriend's yeah, from. Or my family's from Cologne. She's from Cologne. You, this is the cathedrals with the spiky. Yeah. yeah. I want to get it tatted on my shin. Yeah, really? she, she does too. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was cool. We started in Cologne. Um, we went to like Frankfurt, Germany, all over Germany. We got to hit Oktoberfest and get drunk off one beer. Sick. Like one beer would be equivalent to yeah. a 16 pack, like really? a 24 pack. Just super strong. Bro, we went out there. All of us had one beer and came back like how stuff. But it was like this big. <laughs> I went to Springfest when I was there studying abroad. And um, Spring Fest, they just do like weed instead of no, beer. no, no, no. Spring Fest is October Fest in the spring. Yeah, it's just a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but it was so much fun. Uh-huh. Like, it's a blast. Yeah, and it goes for it's like a month long. I think. Yeah, all crazy. of October prior to October, we pulled up there and it was going on. Like, we went all around Germany and then came back for a Munich show, and then that's when we went out. And Did you wear the fit? Were you like fully in the fit? Leader no, but I saw the fits. Uh-huh. I saw the boots. I saw the straps. Uh-huh. Motherfuckers were out. Not there. for yeah. you though. Crazy. Not for you. <laughs> Not for me. Do you get a lot of like free time when you're like in Europe? Do you get to be like, oh, sick! I get to hang out in the city at all, or yeah, like on uh, we'll have off days where yeah. there's like not a show, and um, it's just like, I mean, a lot of the time I'm with Kel's, like mm-hmm. shooting him or like mobbing, getting lunch wherever we're headed to. We go shopping, but you know, whenever I get a free chance, like Fun, I'll just dude. scratch the naps and go mob around the streets with the camera. Yeah, I'm big on the naps, shit. and we I hardly get any off days, and like the. This past weekend, I was in New York and lobby call wasn't until 5 p.m. And I was like, that's as close to an off day as I'm going to have. And like, my mom just happened to be in New York. So I was like, yeah, I met up with her, got to go shopping a little bit, got lunch. And I was Uh like, this is really nice. If it was like this all the time, this is like much more manageable. Where'd you get lunch? Um, Chelsea Market. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. It so was fun. When you when you were over in Europe, how long were you there for? How long was this tour for? Probably like a week and some change. Oh, a, week and a some week, a month and some change. Oh, a month. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was Quick like, boy. damn, really yeah. fast. Quick world tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. How many arenas do you hit in that time? Um, within the month, I think we did. Uh, it was like seventeen shows. Shit. So wow. it's a lot of shows compared to like your days off mm-hmm. and a lot of travel days. Like depends on where you're traveling to next, but some of them are like twenty hour drives. More so in the U.S., like the routing was all fucked up, but Europe was. Yeah, was Europe's cool. a little easier cool. to get from like country to country. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you find like different audiences, in different countries, like go crazier for you know, like when you're like you're like some like damn Frankfurt was nuts like compared fans. to like, or like a different country yeah. even like yes. Germans over like um, UK people. I mean, I hate to say it, but like the Europe fans blow the the U.S. Really? Fans oh, that doesn't. In terms me. of like, out yeah, of that show. makes sense. That makes but, sense. But um. Yeah, just like mosh pits left and right. Like every show is just crazy. Like I feel like people over there are just less 
invested in their phones and like mm-hmm. taking Snapchats all the time mm-hmm. and yeah. like Instagram stories. So they're more like uh, connected mm-hmm. with the show. They're present. Yeah. yeah. You get any fan love? Do people know you as like this guy? Yeah. That's Hell yeah. We, we, cool. yeah. We saw one of the photos on your gram that was like paid double, double Sam's rate or something. Oh, like yeah. That. yeah. I need to. Yeah. He's playing today. Yeah, that was, it was the like funniest the, the sign one. I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's, yeah. that's sweet. So I want to talk to you. Like, we, we got a chance to take a peek at your doc before oh. you came over. So it was really amazing to mm. just see like such a, a long body of work. Because personally, what I do is really short form stuff. Like, Really not more than a minute or maybe two minutes max. Yeah. So I kind of want to know a little bit about kind of your process to just kind of start off. Like when you get such a big piece of work, like you just went on a world tour and you're working on another documentary right now, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So with that, do you have a different game plan going into this next one than you did with the first one? Or are you, are you just kind of capturing everything and you get back home and you're like, let me see what we have, like what kind of story I can pull from yeah. this. I mean, I was kind of on the same boat as you, like doing a lot of short form, mm-hmm. form stuff for a long time. And I'd done like, short docs or like short films with around like the 15 minute range and uh i'm just grateful that i did that leading up to this documentary because this was like my first ever feature length doc like i hadn't done anything like it and honestly going into it i didn't like i knew what i had to do but it was a, a great learning process for everything and um like did i know the structure and like how to necessarily tell this story like it took a while to really assemble all the the parts and pieces but um, definitely going into the next one, I, I have a better grip on what to do because like the first one, the one that you guys watched life in pink, um, I really didn't know what I was doing going into it. And it was fun to like, uh, discover and just like learn a bunch of shit. And it's really just trial and error, like making, making sure stuff works. And, um, you know, Kells is very creative and he's like hands on with the edits too. So, um, just, you know, being around him and he's like, oh, I think you should do this. Like, oh, I hate this side of my face. Like use this angle. And it's just like a lot of stuff kind of comes to with him. And like, it's just cool to bounce back and forth. Were there a lot of times where you like, were you able to like start editing, working together, like piecing stuff and then being like, oh, I need to get that shot. Like I gotta make sure I get that shot in the next show. Or is it like you have all the footage and then you put it all together in one? Yeah. So again, on, on this doc, the whole process, like we didn't stop shooting until the last week of the edit. So like the whole time I'm continuously like shooting more interviews and I'm like, oh, I haven't told this part of his story. Like I need to talk to this person or we would need like uh, there was one. It's called The Wall. It's like an interlude song on the album. Uh, I think it's on Tickets to My Downfall, but it's talking about the side of One Oak and it's like all these celebrities faces on the wall. And I just like random stuff like one day I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to go to the wall and shoot this Mm. and like on this camera, get a couple angles, bring the drone out and plug that into the, uh, the film, you know? And so it was a lot of that, like up until the last week, like right before picture lock and wow. So yeah. how long was the whole process of you like shooting and editing the whole film? Um, it was about three, like three and a half years of footage roughly. Wow. Oh my God. Was that, that like, shot? was yeah. it organized? Yeah. Like, was it super overwhelming to go string through that? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God. So many questions. Mega string. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I just keep like a good organization to all mm-hmm. my files. Like, date time where it's at like everything is you know you could give it to anybody and they can kind of like digest it how they want and it's all there and like categorized the right way so luckily it was categorized because if it wasn't it would have been a fucking mess bro like um what else was your question so crazy like dude when so you're used to like short form like we at least coming from that was Mm -hmm. it daunting to be like this premiere project is going to be an hour and a half to two hours like when you start like were you on recovery project number 64 like was it crashing copy of copy of copy of life and pain (laughs) crazy story so like before before we even had like we knew where the film was going to go or like how to buy her for the film before it was going to hulu or whatever um I was just editing it by myself in my bedroom or my, uh, I moved my studio from my bedroom to the kitchen table. And it was like this big, like this, like a glass table in the middle of everything. And then my friend had uh, three cats at the house and one of his friends brought a dog over and the cats had never seen a dog. And I guess this dog had never seen cats before. And they just fucking started going crazy around the house. And like all of them got chased where all the cables were under the computer. And I had this whole server with like 68 terabytes of footage wired up to it. And they like ripped everything out. So all everything goes black. Like I turned the computer back on and every project file was corrupted. And I'm sitting there like shitting my pants. It's like an hour and a half long at this point. 
And I was like, bro, like I had my friend Dante sitting to the right of me. I'm like looking at him like, bro, Kels is going to kill me, dog. Like I think I just lost everything. So, um, <laughs> bro, the only thing that saved it was, uh, I'd made like three or four copies of the same project, like the day before to the desktop, another drive, like all the drives were boofed though. The only oh thing that worked God. was that one desktop file. Shut up. Uh, I was like, all yeah, the drives was, are corrupted. Yeah. And all the, the project, project did files. Did the footage yeah. come back though? Like the footage was, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. All so just the good. project files but were corrupted. Still, That's but it insane. Was like, you couldn't like go into premiere and fix nothing it's just like error loading this file like, no, no way sorry <laughs> oh my Fuck God. wait did dude. you did he ever like know about this or did you open the desk time like oh we're good everything yeah, every, I, don't I don't even, know, I don't even know if he knows about it <laughs> <laughs> we will tell him <laughs> you gotta watch out with that your is, dog my friend. i think that's yeah, like every seriously. filmmaker's literally like worst nightmare yeah, oh my god i think you gotta make copies yeah you gotta, you gotta got make copies this. four of them at least backup yeah. hard drives all that stuff yeah how many terabytes worth of footage did you have um for the whole documentary yeah i think it was like s around 74 terabytes oh my god so it was a lot like that's insane yeah and so back like you've been doing you know you we see you at the top of your game you're working with mgk you just had a hulu documentary why did you even pick up one of these cameras in the first place um well i grew up playing sports and then i i fucked up my foot really bad oh. so like i was always accustomed to skateboarding and playing baseball primarily and then I tore my Achilles tendon and I couldn't walk for like nine months. And I was just like in and out of physical therapy, like not doing shit down in the dumps. And I was like, you know, fuck. Like me and my friends had made uh, skateboard edits, like montages leading up to that. So I'm like, I'm gonna just go crazy with the camera. Like I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. So I picked it up and um, I took one one film class in high school. Uh, shout out to Mr. Schaefer. But um, he was kind of like, whenever I didn't have baseball practice, I would come into the studio and uh, capture cam the tapes that I would record our skate videos on it was all on these mini dv tapes off a of vx 2100 camera Sick. and uh like I would be in there all the time and the teacher's like man like no one comes in here ever like you're in here all the fucking time like you you obviously care and during school like I gave a fuck about the projects like whether it be some cheese ball video we had to do like I just try to make it cool I did all the little gun shooter videos like all that shit but um luckily for him like for me he submitted me into like all these film festivals and with that like photography competitions and i was getting all these like random awards in high school so i was aside from sports Sick. i was like you know this is kind of like yeah i fuck with this like i could i like doing this you know so i had fun with it what a guy dude for doing that yeah i told you my high school video teacher fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> that's I, it that, i feel like that's rare yeah. to have someone who believes in you like that and yeah. kind of shows you that you are able to do this and kind of like instills that confidence in you before you, maybe you even believe in yourself yeah that's really dope yeah. after high school do you are you like oh should i go to college is college even like a thought in your mind you're like fuck it i'm gonna go full bore into this video photo thing yeah um yeah i was like set on college and honestly that was like a crazy transition for me because uh all through high school like i had great grades and my parents or my dad specifically like would push me to get good grades and being on the sport teams, like you had to maintain a mm. 3.2 GPA at least or whatever. And um, so, you know, I, I gave a fuck about school and like did my thing there. And then uh, when it came time for like everyone was getting scholarships, like, oh, I'm going to LMU, mm. I'm going to Wazoo. Like I'm over here, I had nothing. I'm like, man, fuck, like I, I ain't doing shit with my life. Like, so I was about to join the army. Like I was about to sign myself up for the army and like, go be a photographer in the field or something rotc like, vids would have went nuts <laughs> yeah, uh, i would have training <laughs> yes sam just <laughs> shutting up <laughs> but um i don't know i had a i ended up getting a couple scholarships to go to university of colorado and um i went there for a whopping nine months like a mm. single semester and um while i was there i kind of got an opportunity from another artist and he was just like oh let me fly you to New York and shoot this stuff with CNN and NBC with me and I'm like all right and so I'm over here talking to my professors like yo this dude like wants to fly me out like I know we got a test on Friday but let me just do that shit online and they're like yeah yeah go do your thing so I flew out there and um not knowing it but like I, I did this one gig for him uh and then I came back to school like three days later you know did my thing and then they hit me up again like yo we need you in Chicago and then it became such a back and forth thing where I was like leaving school and my professors were like, yo, you should just like sign up for online class because technically you can't do this in, mm. in this setup. I'm like, well, fuck. And 
it became a thing with the artist I was working with. And he's like, man, you should just fucking drop out. Like everyone in the whole camp's like, drop out, Sam. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking 18 years dude, old. I'm yeah, like, yeah, dude, dude. You're you in the green room. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up just, yeah, saying fuck it. And, you know, I kind of had a plan, not really a plan, but just like a good lead, I guess. And like, I was learning more in that field, like hands on than I was all the prerequisite shit and film school. So. so that was music that you were doing with the artist? Yeah. yeah. Were you... Like, how did you get into the music scene? Um, kind of random, but I made this, it was a 48 hour film festival in high school. Um, we had made these videos within a span of 48 hours. Like, uh, how it worked was, um, you would need like one, the, the contest would give you like a specific line of dialogue you needed to have in it. It could only be three minutes long. Like the theme of the video was summer or whatever. So everyone's videos in that like competition had all these same things, but it was like different derivatives of like what this video was supposed to be. So it's but almost like oh, kind of like Master Chef. Yeah, like you yeah. need to use this ingredient. Mm -hmm. What yeah, can you come yeah. up with? Mm -hmm. That's cool. So it was interesting. But um, so all these videos, like all the videos we had made, got screened in this theater. And um, at the theater, there were like a couple film heads and like producers and other people that were like looking for um, interns, like college kids that were looking for interns for their projects. And that's what I got. So like this dude um, that I went to high school with, his name's Adam MacArthur, had a buddy named Justin Chroma, um, who became my good friends. Like, and uh, they were like, oh, yo, like we're doing this documentary on an artist named Goldlink um, at Sasquatch Music Festival out in Washington State. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just needed like another cameraman, and they were like, "Who? Who's the one that shot all the? Who? Who shot this whole thing?" And I was like, "Oh, me." They're like, "You want to come to this project?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Like, so then I I didn't really know any of them, and I was like, like 16 or 17, and I had to go out this whole weekend, and so I'm telling my mom like, "Yo, like I'm going out to this music festival with these dudes," and they're, she's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, go crazy." And shout out mom, supportive. Shout out mom. But um, yeah, I didn't know anything going into the music business. So like it was kind of my first, uh, you know, shooting my first concert. And it was I got to bop around to all these different stages and shoot a bunch of acts. And um, the artist that ended up taking me out of college, I met him there. So like I photographed uh, his set at Sasquatch. And then I was in the media tent, like editing his photos and shit. And he was behind, like I didn't know it, but he was behind me, like <laughs> looking at me edit the photos of him. And he like taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, bro, like that's dope. You should send it to me. I'm like, dude, that's <laughs> sick. Less. Like, uh. so then that's how like he followed me on Instagram or whatever then and there. And then fast forward two, three years, like that's where he hit me up in Colorado. And I was like, yo, like come do this shit with me. Like, were you working at Colorado? Like, did you kind of go to school and you were like, you were the creative guy there. You're like kind of shooting on the side or really um, not working, just doing school. I honestly had like three or four friends in high or college. I didn't really give a fuck to meet people at all. I was, I wanted internships. Like I applied to all these internships and I went to a couple of them and it was like, one of them would be at a church and they needed me to like, I don't know. It was just like, not for me, bro. So yeah. I like went in there. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Never reply to an email or a text message again. But, uh, the one thing I did like was, uh, the, the college had a newspaper called the century and um they just had like a specific number of uh photographers that they would have and we would kind of like pitch creative like oh uh ray shremert has a show at the fillmore in denver coming up like we should shoot that and put that and like you know mm -hmm. get our the students to go to more concerts and stuff and so i shot like laney and oh wonder and a bunch of random acts and stuff and they would put it on like the cover of the uh newspaper and shit like while i was in school so that was Honestly, the one thing that was kind of like fun to me while I was there, aside from uh, the script writing class, was oh, the only cool. other thing I really liked. Were you able to shoot those shows because you were part of the newspaper? I submitted, I think I submitted like to work for them. And then I was like one of a few people that wanted to actually shoot photos. Like yeah. there was no creative people there, bro. It was all like, I don't know. Where is it Boulder? You went to Boulder? Uh, the Denver campus. Oh, the Denver yeah. campus. Okay. Where like are you from originally? Seattle, Washington. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. So and then, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, when did you get out to LA? Shortly after I like, well, I dropped out of college, did that run with the artist for about a year. After that, I was in my mom's house for like probably two, three weeks. And then um, I just booked a flight to Bali when I was like 19. Sure. Flew out to Bali, just like trying to make a crazy travel banger. I'm like, man, let's go harvest. Yeah. So I was out there for like three weeks. 
uh, with a couple buddies I met off like Instagram, just like creative people and went kind of just head down, like traveling to waterfalls and just like getting all these cool shots and ended up spending like a month and a half on the edit, like for this three minute video or whatever. And it turned out cool. And this one travel video, like when I came out to LA next, like uh, ended up getting me work for two, three years, like off wow. one video. Is it the, cause I think we were watching it earlier. Is it the one has like 1.3 million views? I think so. Or it's the Bali, Bali yes. video. Yeah. 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 That's insane. That's sick, wow. Right? Yeah. So you just cook, you just went there with no, no brands or anything. You just went for fun. You're yeah. like, I'm just going to make, we're just going to make a heater. Yeah. Were you into the travel space at all? Cause we, we, we deep dove on your YouTube. We went back 12 <laughs> oh, years. Yeah. Like, yeah, we went and watched like all <laughs> kinds of old videos. So you know, I saw you were like doing some travel stuff, even on your gram, it looked like you were like uh -huh. doing a lot of travel stuff. When did the shift of like, well, maybe I could make like the music stuff my full time thing. Or was it like, oh, maybe I'll do travel for now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I would still love to do all the travel mm -hmm. videos and I try to like when I can. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't say I like made a full shift to music, but it's definitely like primarily what I yeah. do nowadays. So, um, but you know, like that's still part of me you know i'd mm -hmm. love to get out there and like just go fuck around for two weeks hit mm -hmm. some waterfalls with the boys like send a couple backflips but <laughs> that's yeah. part of the you have to have that on your application to be a travel guy yeah. I was trying. <laughs> I can't, we, we can't do it because I'm, I'm not a backflip back yeah. i got the prerequisites <laughs> <Dude>, i was <laughs> joking with Fran. i go dude literally in like 2015 2016 i was like i can't really be like a travel filmmaker unless i, I know how to backflip yeah. and yeah. like do you, do you remember really when I FaceTimed you in my grandma's house when I got it, dude? <laughs> yeah. I was just FaceTiming, just ripping backflips on the beach for like an hour. I was like, Coast, you gotta watch this again. Yeah. So I actually do yeah. remember yeah. that. It's like, dude, I got the backflip down. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I'm still working on Bali, Go dude. book a trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you keep ripping more trips once you came back from Bali or were you like, no, oh, no, I'm gonna And start. like, what kind of stuff were you like locking, what kind of work yeah. were you locking in from that Bali? video um well to get out there like i couldn't even afford the flight so um i met one of my friends justin kaufman off instagram and i'm like yeah like how he's like oh yeah man like just get a brand to pay for it and i'm like what and he's like yeah like you can uh we went out there with like a group of people but like these two girls that were going with us uh we just pitched like women's swimwear brands and jewelry brands um and basically just to like fund the flight mm -hmm. out there and then like while we're there we're just like shooting photos and getting content of them so it was kind of just That's an exchange uh, for a flight you know but i wasn't making any money at that time and so. then you just moved to la right after that uh yeah like when i came back from there um and they were new to my life then but my friends jess and alec had hit me up just randomly on an instagram dm and they were like oh we're we're doing this social media tour like we're looking for a photographer and a videographer for it and you know, you look cool. And I was like, social media tour, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I had no idea, but it was like all these influencers basically just doing meet and greets and everything. So um, I had no idea. They flew me out to LA. I did this whole like social media tour for about a month. And then after that, I was kind of just at my friend Charles's house out in LA. And it's like, yeah, man, like you should live here. I'm like, all right, like <laughs> say less, I'll, I'll bring my shit down. So. Um, yeah, that's just kind of unfolded in my hands. Um, it seems like you shot influencers for a minute, huh? Yeah, quite a while. How did how did you navigate that? Like after you did the the tour with them, they were kind of just like, "Yo, we gotta like do brand deals and stuff, and just yeah. doing all that kind of content." Yeah, I was doing. I mean, it went from like the bang videos. I did mm. bang videos, like all sorts of like ad and endorsements for them. Um, I shot a bunch of YouTube videos. Was editing all sorts of YouTube stuff for like Bryce Hall and uh, my buddy Joey Burlam, Charles Gitnick, like just a bunch of influencers that were doing their thing. And um, I would just like really add my sauce to everything, like whether it whatever they wanted to do, like I would add my shit on top of that, you know, and make it cool somehow because. I didn't want to just like do something that's completely someone else's shit and right. like I have no creative freedom. So I kind of just, anyone I worked with, I feel like um, they knew that I was, they're like, oh yeah, let, Sam's over there filming a, a leaf in a bush. Like let <laughs> him do it. his thing. Like <laughs> it'll be sick. It'll yeah. be sick. Yeah. Um, you were saying that like they hit you up and they were like, yo, you look like a cool dude. Like come shoot for us. How important is it when you're working with like an influencer or an artist of, sorts of like just being a cool person like chill to be around i'm sure like kels is uh wants a certain type of person around him like can you talk about personality meshing with certain clients and like how much that plays a part into 
kind of like getting work out here in LA and just like in the yeah. industry? Um, I, w- I mean, I would say I'm like a pretty relaxed guy, but um, a lot of people I meet in the industry are like very hands-on and like very crazy about what they do. Mm. Um, a lot of people call me like the Buddha of like, <laughs> I don't know, when I'm editing at the studio and like everything's going to shit, I'm just like, hey man, like <laughs> let's find a solution. Like that's all we can do. Like, But um, yeah, I would say like just, I don't know, certain traits and like being in this field and working with artists, like you have to be trustworthy and just like, you know, not be, not being a piece of shit. So like, just be loyal to your people. And, um, you know, I feel like once you put that energy out there, like people reciprocate it and they, it's all about being comfortable on camera, you know? So like, if you feel like I'm about to like, just up and post some ugly ass photo of you on the internet, then you would probably be like suspect and scared of any photo I take of you, you know? So it's really like, making your the people you shoot uh comfortable that's a really interesting point because when you're shooting a doc right like you got a lot of very intimate moments Mm -hmm. so like talk to me about how when you first met kels and like how long it took you to kind of form that relationship to the point where he is allowing you to film like some pretty gnarly stuff yeah um that's funny actually because when i met him uh i I was probably like 19 or 20 years old um it was right before his hotel diablo tour like three four years ago um but i hadn't met him a buddy of mine uh, named ishan had met his management at uh like an event and he had just like been like oh you're mgk's manager like oh i got this cool dude like sam cahill he's good at video shit like check him out like a week later, they hit me up like, yo, you want to come on tour with us? And I I hadn't met any of them. And I was just like, yeah, like, sounds cool. Like, I'll go try it out. And they flew me out to Cleveland. And um, I was at like a Motel 6 or something, like just meeting up with where uh, the tour buses were. And I went to this room for a little bit. Dre texted me like, oh, yo, Kells, is, you should come out to the bus. Like, they're ready to see you. And I walk onto the bus and it's like just the band, Rook, Slim, Bays, everybody, Kells. And I pull up on there and they don't even like pay me a lick of attention. And Dre's like, oh, like, yeah, this is the guy, he's gonna be on here like for the whole tour. And they like, they all look up, they're like, man, who is this motherfucker? Like, and I'm like, what's up, bro? Like, <laughs> but uh, I think he told me, he was like, hey man, like give me your elevator pitch. And I I just, you know, I was like, yo, I'm saying like shit. Told him a couple things about me, showed him a couple videos and He's like, all right, like, yeah, this shit looks cool. Like, honestly, uh, I, I don't know what I want to shoot right now. Like, you're just going to have to like, kind of do your thing and, like, shoot around me. Like, show me shit. Like, just make it happen. And I was like, cool with me, bro. So, for the first, honestly, for the first <laughs> week, like, I, I didn't really man. know what was going on. But, like, uh, they didn't, you know, like, we weren't necessarily friends or anything. But I kind of just, like, you know, kept trying and, like, shooting all the crazy shit I could. And I was just, like, head down trying to you know impress him impress myself like just make cool shit and uh he ended up liking the stuff and i don't we we kind of just established a friendship from the jump like vibing with each other and me and the band and everybody we all fuck there everyone's like good at their own thing and i feel like that's what makes us so um distinct and very like everyone is good at fucking something and it's all over the ballpark bro like I don't know i'm cameras computers and shit like that like slim and bays are musical masterminds and rook just like a master pool and pool player that motherfucker can bowl like no other bro like he'll put 250 up on a bad day bays is over here cooking up like a5 wagyu on a <laughs> tour bus on a plastic fork i don't know bro like it's crazy that's sick did you know you were like shooting a doc when you started you were just like just getting stuff i had no idea but um one thing Kels did tell me is like when I started showing him footage, he was like, bro, this doesn't look like YouTube shit. Like this looks like a documentary. Mm-hmm. And that was like right when I met him. But we never like envisioned mm-hmm. uh, to make Life in Pink from the jump. What were you using to shoot? Uh, majority of the time I was shooting on a Canon 1DX Mark II and a bunch of like Canon glass, the Ronin S stabilizer. Um, I had a Blackmagic 6K rig that somebody fucked this person to, but somebody stole it off the stage in Spokane, uh, Washington. No. And it was like rigged out with probably like eighteen, twenty thousand dollars worth Holy of stuff shit, on it. Dude. But it was like right on the like right next to the guitar setup spot. Like it's just sitting there and I run around the concert, like film some stuff on the Ronin. I come back, like swap out cameras and the thing's just gone. And I'm looking around like, yo, anyone see where this shit went? They're like, 
sorry. And then we ended up checking the the security cameras. I could give you, I don't know, it's probably public domain, but I have the security footage of the dude stealing it and like walking out of the fucking venue and he like stops, goes off into a side room where they like make popcorn and shit. Like one of, and he just pisses in the popcorn machine. No. Like literally just pees in the popcorn machine and then dips Oh, this out. guy was a psycho. Just he was a savage, that, Just bro. a savage to society. Oh my God. Savage to what society. What a dick, dude. Did Still- you have your gear? Um, do you have insurance? No. <sighs> Dude, do you have insurance so now i have insurance <laughs> <Yeah>. now <laughs> something happened to yeah a, a guy that you know yeah, on i was shoot? i was shooting a thing for genesis and this guy actually uh-huh. i had my c70 and he had his and he fucking <laughs> just was, came up to me he's like is that my c70 i was like no motherfucker <laughs> like, this is mine he's like i lost it i was like well you have insurance he's like no i don't i was like oh damn <laughs> And I was like, I promise this is mine. <laughs> like, it was actually, it was really stressful. I had to like prove it to him. That was mine. I was like, look at this little scratch. Look, 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 look at the yeah. sticker that you got on it. Yeah. That's Fuck so that, funny. Dude. So you just are really filming any and everything for, you said three years. That's yeah. how long this took. Yeah. So when was the moment where Kels came to you and goes, hey, we're going to make this a doc. Yeah. Well, when, when was it? Yeah. When, what was this cross section? You're like, okay, like this. Okay. Yeah. We're just going to make a documentary out of all this stuff. Um, also another funny story, but it was like, uh, I think it was like two or three weeks into this tour and he was just like, I would make these video edits and he just wasn't liking them. And he's like, oh man, like we need to try something else. And like, like video recaps of like shows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was doing like recap mm-hmm. videos and he's like, man, this isn't the vibe, you know, let's shoot for something new. So I'm sitting here like for a couple of weeks trying to come up with some shit in my head. And, um, at the end of the, like, three weeks later i'm like hey man like let me just make you this one minute banger just like a you're the shit kind of thing like all these audio bites saying how you know you've changed music and just really lay lay out what he's doing and shit in a minute and i did that Uh, i edited this piece like one day it took me like 15 hours or something showed it to him the next day on the studio bus and he's like that's it that's the that's the intro to the documentary and I'm like, uh, documentary? He's like, fuck yeah, bro. That shit's hard as fuck. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so that's how it started. But And this is at, like, this is just, when was this on the span of the three years? Is it the end of the tour? Like, are you have a few arenas left? Um, That was probably like mid to mid tickets to my downfall tour okay like two years ago i think so you're on the road are you just starting to come up with all these ideas of like holy shit i gotta interview this person when we right. get back home like what what is that kind of process like because a lot of the people listening to this are going to really want to hear about you know the nitty-gritty details yeah. of like everything that you did with such a beautiful piece yeah because it's not just it's just not just like a it's such a specific doc because you have such fire editing skills that's like you you weave together this beautiful story i see a sam cahill edit i'm like yes and then you mm-hmm. get back into story and it's like it just flows so well you know it was cool because like um out of the minute that i edited like there were specific things that he's like that's hard as fuck like that's dope mm-hmm. like and in my head i'm like okay like i need to shoot more stuff like that and a lot of it's like we love to just keep things very raw and uncut so like a lot of it's just like questions I'll ask fans and stuff. And I'm not standing there with a huge cinema mm-hmm. camera, you know, right. like sometimes I'm just handheld on a little Canon R5. And I feel like whoever I'm talking to is back to like the comfortability thing. They just feel more comfortable talking to me because it's like not some big time budget shit, but I still got the sound on fleet. <laughs> I got everything looks cool. But um, yeah, and I'm tr- I'd, I'd really just like reference myself to being a fly on the wall a lot of the times and like, you don't have to be necessarily doing some crazy gimbal move in the room at all times. Like a lot of the stuff that unfolds in front of my eyes is just like his, uh, fucking just him changing the game. So it's like, we talk about Lil Wayne a lot and how he changed the game and like back to the, the Carter documentaries. And you're just like watching him in a hotel room. Like, yeah. Even seeing him pick up, like people dissect Lil Wayne and they like, how does he this motherfucker write his lyrics like what does he do what's it like being with Lil Wayne in the studio so you're watching this person and you're like oh he picked up his pencil oh my god he's writing music <laughs> like so it's just stuff like that like it's I don't know I'm I'm very big on details and paying attention to details and I feel like it kind of gets portrayed into the videos a little bit but it's really just like being there in the moment so a lot of moments were were in that film yeah, yeah. totally and also like speaking of the one minute intro I, like I watched, I was like, "Damn, this is a fire intro." This 
and then I see directed by Sam Cahill and I like was like damn I kind of got goosebumps like that's not even me like I know you I'm like that's fucking wild was that crazy like at the premiere you got it we didn't even go to the premiere oh really (laughs) oh we went to the premiere but we skipped the movie like we pulled up after it hit screen oh shit yeah. So I was going to ask, like, was that a wild feeling, like, being in a theater, like, seeing your name up on oh, the screen? But... I'm not going to lie. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was it was dope. And for a while, it honestly just felt like, because it came out while we were on tour. So mm. it was in the, you know, just the mix of him doing all these sold out arena shows. And it's like every night is just fucking crazy. And it's like, I never got to stop working. So I never really, like, got... A, chance to appreciate it mm. and I, I don't think i even watched it on hulu until like two months after the tour ended i was like all right like i'll watch my shit now <laughs> i'd already seen it thousands of times you know right. editing but so is he giving like would you edit like five minutes of it and be like i like where this is at Kels, take it take a peek at this or like kind of what was that process going back and forth with him because you said he's really hands-on with the creative yeah to have like at least a good clump of stuff to show him like a couple minutes of mm. shit at least or like a new scene or something like that um but yeah like i'll show him stuff and he'll always have notes and like creative stuff that makes it better and it like makes his creativeness help. it's you know with any creative like it's good to just have someone to kind of bounce your ideas off and like he helps shape the story himself a lot as well so um, it's cool working with him. He'll be like, oh, I think this shit would be dope. Or like, you should get a shot like this. Or like, uh, maybe try to film from farther away next time or something. Like, So, uh, yeah. That's, that's sick. I like that. We also, we just did a podcast about like red flags from clients. And we were saying like the clients that just give you like negative feedback telling you like, I don't like that. But they don't ever tell you like, oh, I do like this. Uh-huh. And you saying how he would be like, oh, I like this part. You're like, oh, I got to shoot more stuff yeah, like that. So I feel boring. like it's so great when you can have a, a person that you're working with that knows kind of what they want. They might not be able to like tell you specifics on like how to use a camera, whatever it may be, but they're like, I know I want it to look like this or like do more of that. I think that's super helpful. Yeah, yeah it helps me a lot. I mean, like he's the one that's on the, the big Netflix movies doing Bird Box and The Dirt and all this kind of stuff. So like he he's seen way bigger budget movie sets and like just everything than I have. So. I'm grateful because he kind of like shines a light onto me from those big sets. And he's like, yo, man, like I saw them doing this, this and that. Like you should rock like this. And I'm, it, he rewires my brain a lot. And like, I feel like anyone, like no matter who you're shooting with, no matter how big you get, like never just develop an ego. And like, you can always keep learning no matter what it is you're doing. So like, I'm always just an open book. Like I just like to listen and fucking learn shit all the time. That's amazing. So important. <laughs> Love dude. that, dude. Do you are you an editing kind of during the day kind of guy? Or are you at night? Because we call that sketch boy hours here. This is the yeah, hat. Like when yeah, we we yeah. cook up at That's night. Tough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get you a hat. <laughs> we'll send you one. But what do you prefer? Um, honestly, I'm more of a nighttime dude. But I'll edit any time of day. Okay. I kind of hate the mornings though, to be honest. Same. But Same. It's I just happen, don't. It's I don't feel creative during the morning. I think yeah. I'm the only creative that likes. I'm a morning guy. Really? Like Seven. as soon as that sun goes down, I'm like, hey, I'm tapped out for work for That's the day. Crazy. I'm the opposite. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'm going to go, we're going to hop in the cave in like 30 minutes and get after it. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. When we get, when we get back home for this new doc that you currently were just on the road for, You've said your process has shifted just a little bit. Do you know now, like, do you have the different storylines on on a board somewhere? Or is it just all up in your head? Or is it on a notes app on your phone? What is that kind of like for round uh, two? I wish I could tell you, but I, I got to keep it on hush. Okay. It's on ice. I like That's it. good. Though. That, that means we're doing something right. <laughs> so when you were... You were editing it while you're shooting it, like the whole time while on tour, basically, or was it there like a dedicated like I'm gonna edit my ass off for a month? Yeah, another crazy story. But like when I went on the tickets tour, I had I don't even I think it was a 2017 MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. but that shit was fried. Oh, like no. it wouldn't I could barely edit photos in Lightroom on that thing. Like it would just geek out and shut down. If it wasn't plugged into a charger while I was working on it, it would just shut off. They like Apple finally figured it out with like the new M1 chips because like before it was such a struggle to edit photos or edit videos. Terrible. But um, so the whole the whole beginning of the documentary was cut in a studio bus. Um, he had this studio bus that had two bays. Um, it was like a desktop setup in the front of this tour bus, and um, you know, speakers everywhere. It's got all this crazy shit going on. Um, and then there was another bay, which was like the music bay where they would record uh, vocals and all his music stuff like throughout the tour it was in the back room. So like when they gave me the tour of the bus, I'm like, what the fuck is the front room for? And he's like, oh, this is all like video suited shit. 
and I'd hop on and all their premiere was, I think it was like 2017 version of premiere. It was like 2021. I'm like, dog, like, <laughs> let's update y'all that are shit, dude. <laughs> crazy for this. So I signed in my Adobe ID, Adobe cloud, whatever, and download so, it all. So you're just editing like on a bus like the whole time? Yeah. That's great. I would get so motion sick, dude. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Well, That's a lot of sick. times you're like station, it would be like after the um, show, like everyone's kind of getting showered, changed or whatever. Like I'll just go out to the studio bus and get straight to so it, the so. the bus is just like your home like you just that's like do you feel like comfortable like after sure like oh like i'm back in my little comfort zone like in the like bus off a tour yeah yeah really yeah. that's so interesting dude what kind of advice would you give someone that's looking to maybe make a documentary about a musician it's just a piece of advice you kind of learn from this whole experience i would say overshoot everything and i'm like it's it's a pro and a con but it's more so a pro because um at least when you're editing, like, you know, I shoot as much as I do edit and it kind of goes like I shoot for three months and then I edit for six months. So it's like when I'm editing, I'm like, fuck, I wish I would have shot this or I wish I would have a clip of this. So like, that's why I'm over here filming all these leaves in the corner, like some shit in the middle of the room, just like, cause I'm one camera and I look to like shoot everything as a scene without cutting, like hard cutting and make it that YouTube jump cut look. So I'm really looking for other stuff like people's reactions and I'll like sneak little shots of people that I can kind of just throw in the mix. And it's really just like making the audio sound good. And like it's one take and it's it looks like there's five cameras in the room when it's just me. Wow. So I would say overshoot like for post, like I'm always looking back. Just I, you just need the maximum amount of footage, honestly. So and you do both photo video. Yeah. Cause I do that as well, but I feel like you're on just like a different level. Like I definitely don't have enough footage to make a documentary. Like how do you choose when to shoot photos versus video? Are you dual wielding? Like, do you have a camera specifically for photos, specifically for video? Um, yeah, he working with him, it's more so video than I'm focused on all the time, but like he also wants photos and like, I take those all the time. Um, it depends though. Like I, I end up bringing like two, three cameras all over the place, but sometimes I'll forget one. And the one time I forget one, he'll be like, Oh, you got a, a flash on your camera. And I'm just sitting there with a microphone on top of my shit. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I like, I usually bring two cameras, one with the flash on top and, uh, my, the other one set up for video, occasional VHS camera for the vibes. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> and do you have like on tour and stuff doing shows? Do you have like a, a set amount of deliverables that you have to turn around to him like on a nightly basis or like how does that work if you're mainly video and like he comes to you and said hey we're doing this doc are you kind of like let me shoot a bunch of stuff i'll get some photos here whatever is he looking for mini video edits or is he just like yo sam's doing this doc let him do his thing yeah um he doesn't i mean there's deliverables that they'll give me but i kind of just set my own for myself so like every day like photos i feel like photography is kind of dead to me I'm not throwing no hate at nobody, but it's just something that when I shoot photos, like I can have all of them done the next day, like in that morning. That's what I can do in the morning is edit photos. <laughs> so I usually spend my morning or my night like editing all the photos I took that day. So I have something to send off like ASAP the next morning. So if they want to post them around, they can. Um, but the video shit, uh, really when we're on tour, it's like, we could be in Boston or we could be in like Louisville, Kentucky. And he's like, Oh, I want this. It's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes before showtime. Like when he walks out on stage and he's like, I need this fucking video. Sam, like somehow get this video, like on the screen, go talk to Pedro. Like we need to get this hardwired into the system and shit. And so I'll have to edit a video like on premiere, cut this thing up, whether it be like a message from somebody from the city we're in and uh, basically make this like intro video, deliver it to, the person running the video board and then get it up on the screens like Fuck. within 10 minutes know your keyboard shortcuts ladies yeah. and gentlemen yeah. my god that's that. so cool though because then, yeah. then it just plays and it's probably cool because it's like personalized for that city and shit like that definitely makes probably like a better experience huh? yeah oh, what an asset you are my friend yeah Jesus you just roll you just roll with the punches you're like all right fuck it let's go yeah do you, do you worry that you'll get like burnt out like life on the road uh touring all the time um anyone can burn out on anything you know it's right. just like if you enjoy doing it in in the time so i'd say like i'm i'm not the best at this but just be present and understand where you're at and everything and right enjoy the moment so because if you don't then that's where you get bummed out and burnt out and you're like man i don't want to fucking edit this no more it's like people would kill to have this job man yeah. like you know it's just you got to have respect for 
yourself have respect for other people and just the position you're in you can always do Hell more yeah. so is there someone like you're obviously with mgk you're doing his stuff is there someone that you haven't shot that you would love to shoot i'm sure there is i i couldn't think of one like i'm not really i'm not big on shooting people like i just i, I kind of at this point in my life i just want to tell cool stories mm -hmm. and like um you know help out my friends and just make cool art like anyone that rocks with me and like i don't know sometimes i'll spontane spontaneously just get like a crazy idea for a one minute video or like i'll want to shoot a fucking l'oreal looking at it's just like my mind kind of comes and goes and i'm a very like everything kind of person so i'm my brain's all over the place but i don't know i, f I forget what your question no i think was. that's no, cool yeah. that you're not like that pigeonholing yourself to yeah. be like i'm you know i'm just doing concert stuff mm -hmm. it's like you have the desire to shoot other stuff. And I also think that helps with with burnout because if you're just doing concert stuff all the time, kind of shooting the same shows, even though they're like so crazy, I'm sure you're like still trying to find different ways to shoot that. But finding time to shoot other types of videos or doing other photo stuff, whatever it may be, I think that helps you kind of like stay refreshed and be like, feel like rejuvenated again. Yeah. and. Uh I'm kind of like, I want to take a step into mo like producing feature films, like movies. Mm -hmm. So uh, me and my girlfriend were fucking around. We got like final drafts. So we've been like mm -hmm. writing scripts for short films. And um, it's just cool because like a lot of the people I'm around at the studio is like, oh, Sam, like, what are you doing after all this documentary shit? And I'm like, I want to I want to tell my own story. Like I got a lot of cool mm -hmm. ideas. So I'm really kind of hopping into script writing and, um, you know, jumping into the frameworks of building my own movie and you know kind of just building a friend group of when that point does come then i have the whole production ready to to rip but to answer your question you just asked me if i wanted to work with anybody it would be hans zimmer mm. sick that's, for sure that's because i actually i wanted to ask like did you score this film or how did the music come into play um uh temp score i would say i have subscriptions to all these uh sound catalogs like i'm sure you guys are aware mm. but uh, i'll just like go find like I have, my downloads are crazy like i'll just mm. download anything that sounds dope and i have it in this big uh folder and i'll import all my vfx all my sound effects when i'm editing and post and i'm really just like i'll double click and listen to one thing for like bro a millisecond and if it doesn't like resonate that sound doesn't resonate with me i'm like fuck it next next mm. next I have to find the perfect sound. So like I built the whole score of the film and did it uh, all the way through like sound effects, sound design, everything. I'll mute the audio. Uh, like if there's a music track playing in the background, mute that and like make the door closing sound, like swooshing, by, like whatever the fuck it is. Right. Um, what I didn't know about the documentary process is everything needed clearance at the end. So everything you downloaded, you had to like source that. Otherwise you'll get like sued. So like everything I used to score the film ended up being like, it would have gotten copyrighted. So we had to find a really talented person to recreate all the sounds that I had chosen. No way. Like so the whole score got re oh, wow. reproduced. Wow. Like even like yeah. the whoosh sound, the whoosh from, sound you yeah. from YouTube that you ripped uh, and yeah, shit. It's yeah. like, wow. That is so interesting. That's crazy. That was crazy. That was one of the craziest parts about the whole process was the clearance shit. Like yeah. I was blown away. Cause like once it went by like his team, right. And you're like, I'm good. And, yeah. then, and then you get hit with like their Boys. label. They're like, actually we have this question. Yeah. <laughs> it kills like, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So was there a point where you're like, we're done. And then you had like five more people that had to like take a peek at it and give like, it was like 45. I think we oh had a, God. like the zoom calls I'll be on. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. I'm so shy, man. Like even being in front of the cameras, I'm like, it's weird for me. So when I'm on a zoom call with like, 45 50 people from interscope and they're all asking me questions like where are we at with the film what are we doing with this what's up with that and i'm like i felt like i was on a whole stage i'm like god damn this is crazy yeah. like but they're all here to help me you know mm -hmm. so it's but it was just like a, a whole beast i wasn't accustomed to so it was mm -hmm. kind of it was cool to get to see that and it's a a must for yeah. what i do you know and that's so cool when you hit export for like the final final version was that just like the biggest relief like take a deep breath like man i did that and then you didn't even like really watch it back until like two months after it came yeah. out and uh yeah that was kind of crazy because um i mean we hit export for the final time probably tw bro 12 times like that project mm -hmm. just kept getting extended and extended and extended for a good purpose and i'm glad it happened that way but it, it was a lot of like oh we're done and then it's like 
oh we gotta change 400 yeah. more things yeah. and i'm like fuck <laughs> final final v12 yeah <laughs> but i i uh i finished the documentary like uh two days before i went on another tour so i really That's only sick. got or i got no because i moved out of my house um i finished the movie i had to go on tour in two days for four months and I couldn't afford to live at the place that I was living at anymore. So I had to move all my shit out in a day, put it in a storage unit, just be homeless on tour for however the fuck long that like eight months out of the year had no address to ship shit to. Like I just moved out. I'm like, see ya went on tour. And then like the movie came out and shit. It was just like crazy, bro. Like, wow. So I really had no time to myself. Like I really just got off the other tour, continue continuously editing the shit I'd already been working on up until the point where I was like, it, my body was failing and everything. Like I was losing, I would not sleep for like three, four days at a time and my shit would just fail. Like, wow, and then uh, mainstream sellout tour, it was like uh, the night before the first show, we were in Austin, Texas. It was like 106 degrees or something crazy. And uh, I hadn't slept for like three days, didn't eat food all day, didn't drink water. And, um, I went out with uh, Dub, one of my boys, and like we were just grabbing a bite after a rehearsal, and we were walking back to the hotel, and like my body, I got this crazy tunnel vision and just like fell straight on my face and like busted my chin open, bro. Rocked my shit. I had like a concussion and everything. I fucking cracked a rib, and my shit right here was like yellow and purple and black for two weeks, and then the first two three weeks of that tour. Um, I could like by the time I got to the after parties, like after the shows and everything, my I could barely breathe, and I was just like <laughs> in the corner, like Fuck with the camera. Dude. So it was crazy, like just that whole thing. Like I'm just I'm proud of that project, but it, it was definitely like a crazy chapter of my life. So. Yeah, a piece of you is literally yeah. in this project. Yeah, like that's a, crazy. Half a rib. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, so then you sit down and you finally watch it. Are you? Because I think as creatives, we're always struggling with like being proud of ourselves yeah. and being like okay, this is good, but what's next? Like, yeah. we finished this, right? I mean, that's such a gnarly piece of work and it's so well done. Are you able to watch that and be like, damn, like I really did that, I'm proud of myself? Yeah, it was crazy because uh, I think I watched it like three months after I had finished it. So like, I wasn't entirely disconnected from it at that time, but I had forgotten a lot of this, like, cause there was so many new things. Like yeah. I told you, we finished it 12 mm -hmm. times. So I'm like, oh shit, I forgot we added this in there and like, mm -hmm. It was cool to watch, man. And it was like to see it on Hulu or whatever for me was really cool. Um, and the first time I watched it on there, it was like, you know, when I clicked, I was all by myself, just like click play and my name comes up and everything. I was like, you know, that's dope. Because up until that point, it just felt like it was out on YouTube type shit. Mm -hmm. Like I was used to it the entire time. So were you nervous watching it like that you like fucked up, like like didn't bring an adjustment layer all the way over? Or <laughs> yeah. Because like I would feel like dude, every time I like. Even like a big thing, I like see it on like uh, Hyundai's Instagram, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> fucked up that little thing. <laughs> or mm -hmm. this happened to me the other day. I was editing um, like a GIF, and yeah. I made one that was like, horizontal, and then I had an adjustment layer, uh -huh. and then I made one that was like TikTok style. Oh, like, and you didn't scale the. And so yeah, so then I I copied and pasted the adjustment layer, but I didn't expand it, and I and I exported it, and I was like why is there like a, a square that's yeah. like more contrast yeah. here, whatever? And I was like, oh fuck, I fucked up the adjustment layer. So like, were you like watching it back in the edit, See, making so sure nervous. like all those finite details were yeah. perfected? And a lot of it's like, it was crazy. Cause like I said, I edited that in my, goodness. I edited that in my uh, bedroom for a while, migrated to the, the, dinner, t or the dinner table. And then um, Interscope was the, the group that backed it and like put the budget behind the studio and everything. Um, and then once it got to that point, there were so many people working behind me and like, I had all these AEs that were, you know, I would pass my project off to, and it was my buddy Anthony's job to like stitch stuff together. But it would like, when you put, when you're moving that many files, like the film was broken into five reels. So like five sections made up the entire project. So all your eggs aren't in one basket pretty much. Like if your project corrupted, it would be the first 40 mm -hmm. minutes of it instead of the whole fucking thing. Um, but it's a lot of layers to move. And like, if you fuck up one little click, like it'll fuck the whole thing up. So, you know, there was a few hiccups and we're watching it back and we're like, Oh, like what you said, like an adjustment layer is not brought over. Like an audio drops out. Like it was a lot of weird, tedious little things like that. that would be annoying. And you're like, Oh, I'm going to lose 
Especially when it's that long. Each yeah. export probably takes forever to export, and then you yeah. got to watch it, and you're like, because I don't even watch... I don't even watch back my edit when it's like a minute long. You know, I just like, I just like send Rip it off. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't got time for that. But when it's yeah. an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, like, fuck. Dude. Yeah, it's crazy. But if you're like Buddhist Sam, you're like, everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be good. That's 46 so- minutes in, a little adjustment in there. Miss, but. You link up with MGK at, you said 19 or 20? Yeah. You're now what, 24, 25? Uh, just turned 25. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh. Um, it, was, it was a couple months ago, a few months ago. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. Or happy early birthday. <laughs> Have you been able to see your progression as a tour or concert photographer, videographer, filmmaker? Like, is it cool to look back on your old stuff? And is there, you know, something that you've learned along the way that like maybe had you known at the beginning, um, it would have improved your work or at least for me personally, I feel like so much of it is, um, is like the feeling. It's almost you, you, like you just learn how to shoot and you can't really describe it to someone. It's kind of like you just learn by doing. Is, yeah. is that how you feel? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a strong advocate for that. I don't think you need to go to school to um, learn this. Like you can learn all the stuff we do off YouTube. Mm-hmm. I call it YouTube University. Yeah. Like I'm on that shit all the time. But um, yeah, I would say like, with youtube like with just consuming social media nowadays like you can adapt to trends that are going on or kind of you know grab an idea off of somebody else not to copy them but like alter things and like everything's evolving you know like the ai audio you're talking to me about earlier is crazy but um just being around like you know a group of people like he has a specific way he wants to be shot and like i don't try to invade on his privacy all the time and but i am the one person that you know he trusts to shoot a bunch of shit and i mean i've definitely progressed yes but um you know like i said like you're you can always it's like a never-ending story of you can never stop learning so um even from him like i'm always learning from him all the time but uh watching youtube videos and tutorials like mm-hmm. if i want to learn something new like that's how i'll kind of rock out or um you know if i'm fucking around with my camera and i do some weird shit and it turns into a cool transition like i'll kind of Say I was like dropping the camera from top to bottom and I wanted to, it to sweep mm. along this table right here. Like I'll do that in a few different cities and get all these different like landscape mm. backdrops. So stuff like that. It's really just like, I don't know, having an awareness for what you're going to do with it in post. And um, at least for what I'm doing right now, like I have a lot of leeway because it's more longer form stuff. So um, I can kind of like just do a bunch of shit and like I'll have it fall under one sun. Totally. You, know? you said just now that like, you're the one person he feels most comfortable with to film stuff like how much footage didn't make it into the documentary and was there ever a time when you were filming that he was like yo sam like cut the cameras i bro i had a whole other movie like we probably cut about another hour and a half worth of movie out of life oh, in pink wow but um some of it you know like he's very he's very vulnerable and you know i feel like the world appreciates him for that and a lot of people aren't able to be vulnerable and he's like very open with how he's feeling and his music and just his whole life. And, um, at least just watching him, it's like celebrities are on such a pedestal and it's like the cameras are always on you. So like, even, you know, if I, I don't know, I'm filming, it's my job to film him, you know, but at the same time, I want to like respect him as a human being and like not film him eating this fucking noodle soup right in front of me. And, I'm gonna be like, bro, like I'm eating, bro. Like, let me eat my fucking noodle soup. Like, <laughs> there's some things you just don't film, you know? But um, to answer your question, like uh, we did cut some stuff out of the movie and a lot of it was like, uh, the guys are just really funny and shit. So like a lot of it was kind of jackass like scenes and just stuff that was like, it's it's all solid shit. But um, to tell the story um, about him that I wanted to tell, like we just had to, it's called murdering your darling. So we had to murder all the darlings. You have a director's cut? Uh, it's like a three hour yeah, like I, I don't think we do but maybe maybe that's next yeah, yeah. Maybe. just for the maybe. personal archive. YouTube, YouTube it could be on YouTube soon Who knows? that's so funny do you have any advice for your 18 year old self if you could talk to Sam who is kind of just starting out on his journey of like getting started on this whole thing like probably doesn't know what's about to unfold besides backing up all the footage mm. yeah make your copies <laughs> uh shit i don't know man like i've always been like quite relaxed and stuff and you know with working with people just in the creative field like you got to be able to take criticism from other people and i would just probably tell myself to have uh 
you know, a solid head, a straight head on my shoulders and don't let some things get you too upset. Don't make any emotional decisions and, you know, just keep rocking, like have a goal and just keep rocking towards it. Cause no matter who you are, like if you truly do like keep your head down and you want something and you are working to go and get it, like it's going to happen for you. So I love that. Hell yeah. Where can the people find you on social? Uh, Just at Sam Cahill on whatever there it is check the boy out ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 505 podcast make sure to drop a comment hit that subscribe button we'll see you guys all next week peace Bye. bye